0: I wanted to call out that we do have a referral link associated with uh, the company we're going to be talking with today. And if you please consider using it uh, by heading over to bit.ly slash avail, A-V-A-I-L-H-D, which stands for House Dudes, we could uh, really use the support. So again, it is bit.ly slash avail, A-V-A-I-L-H-D. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Well, we have kind of a treat today. We got Lawrence Jan- Jankalo. I knew I was going to have a hard time with that last name so that I even practiced it before we hit record here, but Lawrence uh, has a uh, you are a co-founder of a great platform called Avail. And for those people who uh, want to check it out while we're on the podcast, make sure you head over to avail aVAil.co. To check out your platform, but it really is—it empowers your do-it-yourself landlords to uh, with some online tools. Um, so we're probably going to just jump right into this, Lawrence. Um, first of all, I, you've been doing this for a while here now. This this platform started what, maybe about eight years ago?
2: Yeah. Well, of course, thanks for that intro. Appreciate that. Um, it's kind of a weird last name, so I'm used to people. Um it's when you look at it it looks really long and big but you you got there. Um <laughs> yeah Avail uh yeah we started it about 8 years ago. Um it was me and a buddy and uh you know we were at these large investment banks working. We had a couple properties on the side. I had a three flat and he had two single family homes and essentially we were looking for tools to solve our own problems as landlords. You know we weren't screening our tenants. Um we didn't know where to go for those. We uh, we're tired of posting listings on Craigslist every 24 and a half hours, you know. Um, and so we, we looked for tools to help us, saw nothing. And then eight years ago, we decided we we're going to quit our jobs, teach ourselves to code, um, and built the, the app ourselves. Um, and now eight years later, we've got 200,000 landlords and 400,000 tenants who use Avail every month to, you know, find new landlords, find new tenants, pay their rent, et cetera.
0: Right. Well, I mean, you must be doing fairly well. I saw you recently hit the uh, Inc. 5000 list. So, Congratulations yeah, as, on that.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, somewhat of a surprise. We made the list pretty high up, I feel like. Um, but, you know, it's hard, hard work. Uh, we've got a full team of 25 people that I think ultimately are responsible for getting us that kind of growth to get on that list.
0: Sure. So let's let's dump, dive in. This is this is a great conversation because you know, as we you and I chatted, a lot of our listeners are are newer to real estate investing, and they're probably trying to figure out how to manage some of these properties themselves. You know, um, so a, a platform such as yours is a great place, especially when you're starting out. And it looked like to me when I logged in that it 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 uh, definitely has the ability to expand as your portfolio grows as well. So with that being said, let's, let's start at the beginning here. Let's say you're a first-time landlord. Um, what does that process look like, and what are some of those first things that you'd recommend, whether it is with or without your, your platform? What are some peop- things that people should consider when they're managing their first rental property?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And and in all honesty, we built the veil in kind of a prescriptive manner, for better or worse. We felt like it was important to tell people how um, they should do things, why this is the right way and potentially um, the best way for your business. So we did develop it in a prescriptive way, um, which really leads into helping landlords with a process that should be established. So if someone's new, um, let's just assume that they've already bought Um, their rental property and and now they're Mm -hmm. trying to find tenants for the first time. One of the things that's super helpful is to start thinking ahead and think about how you're going to manage that property. Are you going to do it yourself? Are you going to use a property manager? Can you afford to use a property manager? Um, Because a lot of the times people who first get started in real estate, they don't have the cash flow coming out of that property that they actually need in order to sustain a property manager. And it's just, it puts them in the red. So Um, we find that a lot of our customers don't use property managers simply because they they couldn't afford to. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we make it easy for them. We give them all the same tools and processes that a property manager would have used. Um, And so you'll want to start thinking about how am I going to find tenants? Where do I go post a listing? Um, Because you're going to need to find them to fill a vacancy. Um, You want to be uh, kind of uh, routine with how you're doing that. You can't treat different tenants in different ways. You don't want to violate laws. So creating a process for how do you find and screen those tenants and then sticking to it every part of the way is super important, even all the way through the lease. Um, where you create the lease, you obviously want to have some foresight into how you're going to do that, make sure it's compliant uh, state and city. Um, you know, I think that process is kind of the, the most important thing when you're first starting. How are you gonna manage this end to end?
0: Sure. So that is one of the unique uh, abilities of your platform that I had seen is that do you actually have a tool to help somebody develop the, a lease agreement that would be compliant?
2: Yeah, I think that's actually one of our unique features because I, I don't see that anywhere with any other competitors. So um, we've gone out and we've combed 200, 300 cities and almost all 50 states worth of um, compliance and legal things um, and have built our own lease agreements. And we update those annually because the laws change annually. And so what we'll do is when you create a unit and you're ready to tenants, um, it's one but like we pull for our database of clause and rules relations and disclosures create a law you um, that's updated in real time each year um, to be city and state compliant. Um, and then yeah you can customize it, you can edit it um, and then your tenants sign it online so that you don't have to fax or so mail it back and forth and you know it's, it's adherent to what your city demands. Um, that's a unique feature that I think we have that no one else has, and probably one of the most important ones, because I think that's where landlords get scared, um, and oftentimes they'll go to a lawyer and pay $500 to get a lease created, and it's kind of a shame mm-hmm. because the very next year, that lease is outdated already, as laws as change every year.
0: Sure. So, when uh, you're building this platform, is where, where, you know, frankly, it, it always boggles my mind when somebody has has built something like this. Where did you where did you start? I mean, I know that you had some experience and you kind of were filling your own need, but, um, there, there's still a pretty big jump where you've made the mindset change, where you, th- you might've went, you know, we might have something here that we can, um, help other people with.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, just thinking about it, you might bring up nightmares for me. Uh, it's, it's hard starting a business. Um, and, and we're, you know, both Ryan and I are first time entrepreneurs doing this. And I think people go into it thinking, I've got a great idea. That's all I need, um, to be successful. And I don't think people realize how much work it takes to create a successful, sustainable business, um, with very few resources. So when we started, we had nothing but an idea, um, and we quit our jobs with just that, and I, and I don't know that I would do just an idea again. I'd want to have more of a plan and execution strategy. Um, but when we started, we we immediately looked for an engineer to. Um, I don't know if that background noise is gonna. No,
0: nope, we're we're fine. Well, okay,
2: great. Um, so we the first thing we did was try to find an engineer who could help us build out the platform and realize this dream we had. And we quickly found that giving someone equity in a startup that's brand new wasn't incentive enough. You know, it's mm-hmm. looked at like the equity is not going to be worth anything. So uh, essentially an engineer doesn't want to come work for free or for equity. And mm-hmm. so we had no choice, but to, you know, we we're both finance majors. So we had no choice but to roll up our sleeves, teach ourselves to code, um, and essentially spent those first two years just learning how to code and building the initial app. Um, mm-hmm. Which now that I look back on it, kind of crazy how much we built in at once because we we hooked into transunion to get credit reports we had those since day one we had all the lease agreements since day one we built our own payment processing system when we take money out of tenants accounts and put it into landlords accounts um like we built all of that and uh pretty crazy to look back now um at how maybe risky it was back then having two people who've never done engineering build all this stuff thankfully now we've got a 17 person product team who uh, vets things and does things a little more scalably, but um, back then it was tough. so I still get recurring nightmares from those first yeah. couple of years.
0: Well that's really impressive and, and it's it's a, a testament to you what I mean your belief. I mean you had to if you if you go from no coding to coding something of, of this magnitude, I mean if you're talking about taking payments and tying into APIs, for TransUnion. I mean, that's that's some pretty complicated stuff. You're, you're, you just jumped right in, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, we had no choice. Um, I mean, that's why it took two years, I think, for us to get off the ground and get our first customers. Um, and, you know, I look back on it now and I, I, we learned a lot. And I think that although the first two years was slower for us, the remaining six years have been incredibly fast. And I think mostly because we were willing to just go and learn it. So, when Ryan and I think about the product and engineering teams now, we're able to communicate on a, a different level than had we never done those things. Um, and then some of the lessons that I've learned, I take to how I manage my rentals now. Mm-hmm. So I, I tend to think about you're diving in and learning to code myself, help me communicate better with our engineers. The same thing is true with landlording in that um, now when I bring in an electrician or a plumber, I try to peek under the hood and do a few things and learn it so that when I'm talking to a professional contractor, Um, I'm not coming with no experience. Um, Then we can have a meaningful dialogue and improve the decision-making if we're going to do something.
0: Right. No, let's, let's talk a little bit about that then, you know, like you took the initiative here regarding learning to code and, and moving and, and actually doing something with your idea. What is your advice for those people like still sitting and, and deciding on getting into their first rental property?
2: Yeah, well, I don't sit on the sidelines. You know, is good advice. So, you know, when we did the startup, um, I didn't feel like it made sense to straddle building a startup and working full time. You have to choose, and you have to just make that plunge. And I think that's true of starting in real estate. Um, just make the plunge. You got to get in there, buy your first one, um, and and get your first tenants. I think a lot of people are afraid that they might get three AM phone calls or. Um, are worried about paying off a mortgage or taking on debt, that um, you can come up with excuses all day long not to do something. There's a lot of good about being a real estate investor and a landlord and um, that help you with your financial independence and, and those things. So the earlier you do it, the better, because it all compounds on each other. So the, the advice is go out and figure out a way. Um, there's so many ways to get started, whether it's house hacking or some other thing like that, that no one should have an excuse.
0: Great. Right. Well let's so with that let's talk a little bit about how important it is to have some systems in place when you are starting to do this. You know I I think frankly um we we kind of we're working on the on two sides of the same coin. We have people who on one side of that coin have a hard time getting started but on the other side they jump in and then uh now they're frantically trying to figure out okay I got a property and I have a renter now what do I do? You know so what, how important have you found having systems in place and what are some of those systems that they should consider putting in first?
2: Yeah, well, I think there's a, there's a lot in between buying the place and getting your first tenant too. you know, I think a lot of risk is uh, present in that place as well. And you should mm-hmm. have a process there. So a the standard, a standard set of places that you're going to find tenants, um, if you can use a tool like Available More Power to You because it helps you, uh, you know, post a vacancy to multiple websites at once. Um, and knowing which websites to go to as opposed to just going to Craigslist and posting every day. Uh, it feels like you might just be spinning your wheels there. Um, and then the screening process. You want a very strict screening process that you adhere to that you keep consistent with everybody. Um, you want to be able to hook into some sort of system to get a credit report, background check, eviction check. Um, I always say eviction checks are probably the most important thing to look for. Um, the others, you could always kind of make an argument like, okay, I'm going to let, I see some um, non-violent criminal activity, maybe that's a that's okay for me, or I see a like something around driving, and that's okay. And those those can be a little bit more flexible. Uh, but you should, everyone should come up with their own. What's the criteria that they're willing to look at and accept an applicant or not accept an applicant? And they just write it down. Um, if you're using a system like Avail, it's going to be uh, embedded into it. But either case, you should write down what your criteria is so that you have it. Uh, and then yeah, you've got ten in there. I think that's a big hurdle to get over, and a mindset has to change because you went from I got to fill this vacancy. I'm scared. I'm nervous that I'm going to pay have to pay mortgage without renting coming. To now, I am responsible for the quality of life of another individual, and I have to maintain the place, and I have to do what's right. And that's a huge mindset to get over.
0: Right. No another thing that i've 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 actually kind of struggled with a little bit as I've been trying to take on uh, some of the uh, management of a couple of our properties is is uh communicating with the uh, with the tenant. Um, sometimes they're texting me, sometimes they're calling me, sometimes they prefer email. Um, talk about how your system manages some of that.
2: Yeah, and that's actually how I started, was text messaging. Um, I, had to, I used a Google voice number for all of that, and email. And what happens is all of the messaging gets lost, and there's no sense of priority, there's no sense of reminders in those, and they just trickle off. So if you've only got one unit, it's probably manageable doing something mm-hmm. like that. Two or more, and it becomes totally unmanageable. And even with one unit, it just doesn't have that professional feel. So inside of a system, whether it's Avail or not, uh, I'll talk about Avails because that's what I know, it's what we built. Um, mm-hmm. It houses all that communication. Um, particularly around maintenance um, and the lease, because then you have a history of every communication you've ever had. Um, It provides transparency between both the landlord and the tenant. And um, it gives you a place as the landlord to go and see, hey, here's all of the work orders that have been requested. Um, And you can see how old something's been, what you need to do. You can record expenses associated to it. It gives you a great place to track and see what's happening with the property and then help you maintain the obligation you have towards keeping the place maintained. So all of that's housed in there and um, you can go back and forth. And no matter whether you text or email, um, it all flows through the avail system. We give an email address for people to use as well as a phone number to use. And then obviously you can log in and do those things.
0: Sure. Do you have a, a way in which uh, to uh, communicate with, let's say, a, a vendor of some kind? Like, so if I get a ticket from a, from a resident, I can then assign it to somebody else?
2: Yeah, I feel like that's where we're weak. So out of of all the things we do, probably maintenance is the weakest. Right now, it's essentially a portal to uh, submit tickets and manage tickets, but it doesn't do any fulfillment. Um, So that's something our landlords currently have to go out and do on their own. If they do have contractors they've worked with in the past, they can add them to the system um, and have tickets flow to them. But uh, at the moment, we don't uh, prescribe the contractors for them. That's something that's in our roadmap that we want to add and is frequently requested.
0: Sure. No, by the looks of your platform, it seems like there's a it's it's constantly being reiterated. So I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to see some of this being added really quickly. Um, let's go back to marketing the unit a little bit. I know that your platform, uh, frankly, sends it out. You know, I, that's one of those things that I've uh, struggled with a little bit because you have a ton of. Systems now, whether it's Zillow and Hotpads and Apartments.com and, you know, you name it, there's and there's so many of them that a person can actually lose track of where to post all these things. And so you have to have all of these accounts. You have to remember where you've posted them. And then some of them require you to refresh the listing on a regular basis. How does your system uh, help with some of that?
2: yeah it's all a logistical nightmare how you know we we do these things um and i was the same way we're just going creating all these different accounts and all the leads that would come in and you would have to go back in and log in to manage those leads across 10 websites Mm -hmm. um so what we've done is we've partnered with i think something like 10 or 12 listing partners um and when you publish a listing with us uh we just automatically push it to all of those partners and then when leads come in from those partner sites they filter right into Avail and you get an email, a text, you can log in uh, just to Avail. So you don't ever have to create accounts on any of those websites. You don't have to log in on any of those websites. All of those leads for your vacancy uh, come straight into your Avail account and you can manage and respond right from there. So that way you don't lose leads. You're not having to remember passwords and account names for mm-hmm. dozens of websites. Um, we essentially just package it all at once and send them all out.
0: Sure. No, that's really helpful, especially if you're funneling all the leads back into your platform. Um, I can see how that would really be beneficial. So do you have like uh, a way for people to build some sort of uh, website or something for their listings? Yeah,
2: we do. Um, You know, we offer, uh, I don't know how widely used it is for someone who's only got one unit. Um, And we tend to focus on people who've got 10 or fewer units. So we kind of run the gambit there. Uh, But if you've got five, six units, uh, we offer something called like a portfolio website. Um, And it's basically one click and we already know what all your properties are. You've already probably listed each of the units before. So we create one portfolio website that shows all the buildings you have, what current vacancies there are. Um, And then that's now a public site that you can use. And should you choose to, you can share that URL with tenants so they can log in from like your personal website Um, or you can use it for... Uh, listings you can put it in your listing description so that people kind of come to your um, company website
0: sure so then when you're managing the the tenant then um, do do the individuals then have their own logins they can communicate is there anything else that they can see or do in your uh, platform from a tenant's point of view
2: yeah, it's, it's completely two-way. It's bi-directional between the landlord and tenant. So they both have their own accounts. And we spend as much time on the product for tenants as we do with for landlords. Um, so tenants will they'll log in to fill out their rental applications. That way they have control over what information they want to share, um, if they want to revoke access to something they've shared in the past. Um, they That's how they authorize the credit and background checks as they log in through the secure portal. Uh, We give them the ability to share any completed applications and credit reports with as many landlords as they want. So they only have to pay a fee once uh, Mm -hmm. as opposed to every landlord. So we we definitely go out um, far above and beyond trying to make sure the platform is really good for both landlords and tenants. um, Everything as far as like the lease signing, tenants doing their own portal, rent payments, they can go in and pay each month or set up auto pay. And obviously they can see the maintenance tickets.
0: Sure. So, you know, that being said, is there any strategies when it comes to communicating on on the marketing material or the tenants directly that you would advise people to keep in mind?
2: Yeah, I mean, particularly now, just with what's happening in 2020, I think it's important for landlords to adopt some sort of technology. Um, Tenants are looking for that because it's 2020 in general, but then with the pandemic, people are looking to be more contactless than ever before. Mm. So if you're a landlord and you're, mar- you, you're marketing a vacancy, I think it's a good thing to mention that you use some sort of software system to help you be professional, be contactless, um, build transparency and trust. I think those are, are good selling points for tenants um, to want to hear and does push them to to potentially rent from you as opposed to someone else.
0: Sure. So um, with all of that being said, you know, I can I completely agree. In fact, we're even doing remote showings and everything right now. Sure. So, um, and some of that stuff is working out actually better than yeah. having to try to match schedules and everything else. So mm-hmm. I, I, I really get the idea of, of having this remote um, as possible.
2: Yeah. I mean, I like the remote showings. I think that's really good. It helps, avoid people just banging all over the place, making a mess of a tenant's apartment Um, because most of the time when we're doing showings, there's still a tenant living there. Um, Mm -hmm. So it it just helps be a little more courteous to who the current resident as well.
0: Yeah. So, well, with that, um, is there any other tips or tricks that you think we should, that you can think of right now that we probably should, uh, I, I mean, there's like you said, being 2020, there's just so much going on. That uh, I think there's a lot of uh, tips and tricks that everybody seems to be kind of working through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it. And if you aren't using technology yet, this is this is the year. This is should be the catalyst year that pushes everyone to really consider using technology in real estate. Real estate's always been a laggard, um, but it's time, and we're seeing that happen. Um, you know, we also talked about uh, landlords having a process and thinking of themselves maybe as a business. Um, I think that's really useful tip for someone to, if you're an existing landlord and you're not thinking of it as a business and maybe as a hobby, you should flip that mindset and start thinking about as business. How do you maximize revenue? How do you minimize costs? How do you treat your customers well, um, the, the tenants? Um, and as soon as you start thinking about that, you start thinking about how your business can grow and how you can re, you know just make it more efficient. And I think that sets everybody off on a good path. Um, and potentially the third thing I would mention, because I, I know probably a lot of your audience may be considering becoming uh, real estate investors for the first time, is to maybe remove some of the emotion out of it. I think what prevents a lot of investors from starting is either being scared or fearful. Um, maybe when you go tour places for the first time and you see what's in the price range that you can afford, you might look at the property and be like, this doesn't this doesn't look that great. I wouldn't necessarily want to live here. Um but you got to think about like people need that housing and you've got to remove the emotion out of it. Maybe look at the numbers a little more directly, start thinking about um, the rental income that's going to generate and what expenses you might have to occur to maybe bring the place, uh, a, make it whole. If it's got some deferred maintenance, so start mm-hmm. looking at the numbers. I think too many people get started by not looking at the numbers.
0: Sure. No, you know, you kind of, uh, took care of the last part of my the show for me. I typically try to wrap things up with like three highlights and I think uh-huh. you nailed all of them. Uh I really appreciate that. And again, if um people want more information, it's avail.co, a v a i l.co. Is there any other ways they can reach out to if, to you directly if they have any questions?
2: Yeah, I mean, I love talking with um our customers or other landlords. I think uh, Community is really important. So if we can all build community, that's great. And i of it when people reach out to me personally. So anyone can reach me at Lawrence at avail.co. So L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E at avail.co. I'm happy to have a chat or dialogue with anybody.
0: So, well, I, I can't thank you enough, Lawrence. This was a great conversation. And, uh, you know, especially for those people who are getting into this for the first time and want to check out a platform, I, I think uh, yours is pro- provides a great solution. And uh, you can't beat the price. So, yeah,
2: it's definitely, so, uh, yeah, you mentioned the price, which is free. I mean, you can get started with a bail for free. So,
0: yeah. So, uh, thank you again. I hope we can chat again sometime. It was great chatting with you.
2: Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really appreciate being on.
0: Hey there again. Just a quick reminder that we do have a referral link and we would really appreciate you using it. So, head over to bit.ly slash avail a-v-a-i-l-h-d so again it's bit.ly slash avail hd thanks have a great week we've put a lot of effort into providing useful content and if you found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small
1: donation head over to patreon.com slash house dudes And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at House Dudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember, massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is First Come, First Serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at HouseDudes.com investors. I don't like to tell a man what to do with his money, but if you ain't investing in property, then you're dumber than a dummy. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Well, buy property. That's my advice.